Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think, they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right, without further ado... We would love to talk about that beautiful poster behind you, Get Shit Done. I kind of like that. Uh, Why is that a mantra for you to kind of get us started off and then we'll do all the normal stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of my attitude. You know, I I like to, you notice, I actually have a a matching coffee mug as well. So I obviously take (laughs) it pretty seriously. (laughs) It's got water in it right now, but there's a little checkbox next to it, right? So I'm just... You know, that's kind of my attitude. Just, you know, get things done. doesn't always have to be perfect, but get it done. You can always improve and make it better later. Cool. I like that. So, Colin, good to meet you. And we just wanted to talk with you because you're a serial founder, as they say, and some interesting projects that you've got. We'd love to kind of talk with you about that. And then also, I don't know, probe into your deepest, darkest uh memories from childhood sure why not let's do it okay uh so (laughs) randy brought a come oh go ahead yeah i was gonna give you a fancy i was gonna give you a fancy intro randy yeah i wasn't even gonna go there i was so (laughs) calm high school dropout there must have been a reason tell us about that yeah uh pretty simple i hated school (laughs) now uh i'll give you a little more context yeah i mean yeah, I was raised by a single mom and my dad was not around and there was really nobody pushing me or motivating me or really telling me school was important. And uh, I was a bit of a troubled kid. You know, I always say that if my kids give me half as much trouble as I gave my mom, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. So obviously things change, but I suspect it, there's a story, there's a transition story from there to where you are today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, probably from, you know, when I, when I dropped out of school and and got my credits and said, I'm kind of done from there, you know, I I went on a path of of getting into trouble and doing nothing productive. And then eventually kind of, you know, decided to turn my life around and, you know, had a job moving furniture. uh, And, you know, I was young, didn't mind it. I got to go outside and lift heavy things and stay in shape. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't going to take me very far. And I grew up it's also kind of. It's yeah. also kind of good for the brain, the moving furniture thing, because you have these strange shaped Spice stairwells and stuff, yeah. right? So, yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. Awkward shaped pieces of furniture trying to get through small, you know, doorways and downstairs and all kinds of crazy things. And But you were saying you grew up poor. Yeah, I, I grew up poor. And, and, and so I don't really, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, but but I knew that I you know, didn't want to be on food stamps. I knew that I didn't want to have a struggle to pay the bills. I knew I didn't want to be, you know, get evicted for not paying the rent. Those are some things that I knew I didn't want to do. And there wasn't a lot of opportunity for somebody who didn't go to college, barely made it through high school and hadn't really done much with his life uh, up until that point. Now, my stepdad, who was no longer with my mom, had a job and, you know, he was in sales and he was, you know, pretty successful. And 
I'd been bothering him for a long time, you know, yeah, please just, you know, give me an opportunity, get me a job there. And, and, and for a long time, you know, it was just kind of in one ear and out the other. I think he, you know, wanted to make sure I was going to take it seriously before he put his neck out there for me. So eventually he trusted that, uh, I would maybe do something with that opportunity and I decided to, to, to make the most of it. And so that looked like, you know, being to the first one at the office, being the last one to leave, coming in on the weekends to get my list ready, and really trying to master the craft of sales. I'm curious that that interesting trigger point, there must have been a falling in love piece. Was it the getting the paycheck? Was it the actually having some effect? What was, what was the, some, something hit, something mm. caught? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, it, it definitely in the beginning, it was the money, you know, like, you know, coming from where I came from, making a little bit of money, you know, you know, making six figures in my second year was like, Hey, this is, this ain't bad. Like I could, I could live with this. And also just the, you know, being able to, there was no limit, you know, if I can, you know, learn to, to be better in sales, build more quality relationships and majority of all of my money was that I made was commission. Um, so it was really up to me, you know, how, how big or small those commissions checks were. And I really liked that. And so I worked my way up to the top of that company and, and they promised me a managerial position of, of running a team. They didn't give it to me. So I ended up leaving. Probably wasn't ready for it. Actually, not probably. I was not ready for it because I took a VP of sales position at another company, built a team, learned more business acumen, learned more about the industry learn more about, you know, coaching and managing people. And there was a lot of mistakes that I made, a lot of things that I learned. Um, and it wasn't everything that I thought it was going to be. But, you know, I'm a pretty stubborn person. So sometimes making mistakes is the best way for me to learn something. So there's one more step in between kind of that point and where we get into the, the good stuff, which is, you know, Randy with his zero to Wall Street uh, abilities can dive in. So I'm, I'm curious as to, I mean, founders are nuts. It's a lonely pursuit. So going from that six figure sales, kind of being in a management role, whatever, to founding some things successfully, how did that yeah. whole piece happen? Yeah. So after um, I took that VP of sales position and, and built a team and, and drove a bunch of revenue for, for, for the owner there, I had met my was my girlfriend at the time. We're now married, met in a running group and we were running marathons together and, and running on a, a regular basis. And she was doing recruiting and she'd been doing that for a while, but she was at a different company and didn't totally love what she was doing anymore. So I said, I think you should come over here and kind of check out what we're doing, maybe learn the industry a bit. And then if, if, if you like it, I think we could maybe do it on our own. Uh, so that's what happened. She came over, she learned uh, what we, we were doing and did that for about a year. And then we went out and started our first company together. Our first office was the living room of our, you know, one bedroom apartment. And we, you know, built that company through outbound sales uh, with $0 spent on marketing to 5 million bucks in 26 months. Love that. That's nice. Yeah. Love it. Now, when you say 5 million bucks, because that, that's also commission-based, right? That was a recruiting business. Uh, so we sold, we're a bit of an IT VAR. So we sold technology products, okay. uh, printing equipment and supplies, hardware, software, you know, uh, peripherals, all kinds of, we had like over a million products that we could sell, but there's probably, you know, only a few hundred that were our core product line. 
And we mainly sold to school districts, government, and like small, medium-sized companies. Got it. Um, okay. Yeah. So that really took some sales chops to, to get that sort of volume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it took, it was all fueled by outbound sales team. So lots of phone calls, lots of outbound, you know, recruiting, training those folks. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then the sales cast is my personal most interesting piece because I, I got into podcasting way back in the dark ages of podcasting before people knew, I don't know what a pod was, <laughs> you know, uh, back in 03, 04, and I was fascinated by it. Curious about that part of your, um, uh, that, that exploit, that business. Yeah, yeah. So SalesCast is, is the newest thing that I'm working on these days. We started that about a year ago. And so what we do is, is really two things at the core is we, you know, manage podcasts for people, mainly B2B podcasts. Uh, so entrepreneurs, authors, founders, B2B sales leaders are a majority of the types of people we work with. Uh, we manage almost about 40 shows now. And then we also get people booked on high quality shows. So if they're looking to get their message to a particular audience, then we're you know really preparing them to deliver a great message, targeting the right types of shows, and then you know connecting them in a meaningful way. So that journey started over a year ago. I, I went on a podcast for the first time. And it was my co-founder Chris's show and was in his studio and had a great experience. And we talked about work and life balance and, and all these things. And, and I was really intrigued. And, I, and after I had such a great experience, I said, how do I start a podcast? And he said, eh, it's pretty simple. You can interview who you want and I'll take care of the rest for you. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that works for me. But I said, I'm a super busy guy. I only think that I could handle one or two episodes a week. And he's like, sure, whatever you're comfortable with. And a successful podcaster came and said, nope, you can't do that. You got to be consistent. And you first have to record 20 episodes and release them daily. And that's how you'll pick up a ton of followers early on. I don't know if that's true or not, but I did it anyway, because it sounded like he knew what he's talking about. (laughs) But what happened in that 20 episodes is I just absolutely fell in love with podcasting and everything about it. And so once I did those 20, I said, I'm really enjoying this. I don't want to do one or two, you know, a month. I don't want to do one or two a week. I'm going to do five days a week. And that's what I did. And and I interviewed over 150 people, had a ton of fun doing it. We created a process, a product, a team for editing. And then my entrepreneur mind said, I think more people would be, would pay for us to do this for them. And sure enough, you know, podcasting is taken off, you know, it's moving in a good direction. I think everybody should have a podcast for, for different reasons, allows you to get access to people that you would have a lot harder time getting access to, allows you to you know invest in your personal brand, which everybody wants to do these days. And it allows you to create community and impactful content and build fantastic relationships and, you know, develop both personally and professionally and so many other things as I'm sure, you know, you can contest to as well. Preaching to the choir, yeah, yeah, you're preaching <laughs> sure. to the choir. So, um, so I'm interested in in your business model now. I know you don't want to give away everything. However, I would like to know how your model works, as much as you're happy to share, because people are paying money for something, and I'm not quite sure whether it's production of the 
podcast, whether it is post-production, whether it is content creation or content direction. So yeah. little, how does this work? It's all, of the, it's all of the above. So typical client, when we say we manage their show, we're pretty much doing everything. We're launching the show, you know, creating the format, the strategy, the style, the creative, the intro, the outro, setting up their hosting, advising on equipment, software to use, everything that they possibly need. The idea is they can show up, interview their guests, and we'll take care of the rest. Um, and so, you know, their content goes into a, a folder and then we do everything, right? We, we're saying podcast, but, you know, now podcast means a lot more than probably what it mean, meant, you know, Kent, when, when you first started, you know, it's audio, it's, it's YouTube, it's micro content for social, it's, you know, transcriptions for blog posts and quote cards. And, you know, that's why I love podcasting because in one single activity, you can accomplish so many things. Yes, it's an amazing source of content for for your clients. So, um, again, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, do you charge on a a la carte basis so they can mix and match what they need or is there a standard program that you provide? Yeah, so are you specifically asking just pricing questions? Yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to share. Yeah, so our typical engagement looks like five grand to get started and that covers the first 90 days. And that's, you know, the launch, the strategy, and us, you know, producing all of the content for three months. And it, looks, yeah. and it looks a little bit different for different people, and I'll tell you why. Some people, if they have a lot of experience guesting on podcasts, then we're totally comfortable launching a show and getting them started. If they have no experience guesting on podcasts, we found that they don't stick with podcasting or they you know, struggle with to get started a little bit more. So with somebody like that, which is totally fine, we typically like to start them with guesting on some shows first. So month right. one might look like we're going to launch, you know, soft launch episode one so we can get you on Google and Apple, maybe one to two episodes, but then getting you booked on two to three, you know, shows so you can start to get comfortable with your voice and your story and, you know, how, you know, experience a couple of different interview styles and things like that. So that's kind of where it looks different. And then after that, on an ongoing basis, we charge $1,500 a month and we take care of everything. And then if they want to add some additional things, like they want additional micro content or they want us to book guests for them, or they also want to get booked on shows as well. Those are all additional things that they could add. If they want, you know, podcast promotion strategy, Mm -hmm. those are kind of other things that are kind of case by case. It's a good, it's a good model. I think you also get the, you know, you have a really serious clientele, which Randy's always talking about, you know, you, you gotta be at a certain level of pricing. Otherwise you're, you're going to end up, you know, kind of always fighting on price. So yeah, it seems like a great model. The one challenge I would see is, you know, what's the, you know, as Randy's always talking about, what's the back end if, you know, people, you know, are are you trying to say, okay, put out a second one or or do some business strategy or do you have another business that kind of picks up the slack or or do you just kind of say we're we're doing podcasting and then we let it fade out if it fades out and we 
What does that look like? Yeah, I don't see podcasting fading out. So uh, like everything that we do, probably out of all of that stuff, the one thing that's the most valuable, which I didn't even mention, is we also do weekly coaching. So we're covering a high quality topic related to podcasting, whether that's booking high quality guests, how to reach out to them, posting, what to do on social, how to get yourself booked on shows, and then opening up for Q&A for our clients. So we're you know, helping them with you know, getting all their questions answered and strategy along the way as well. And then you know, we're starting to experiment with some other things as well, because you know, like myself and many other podcasters that, you know, that are starting to, you know, their listenership is picking up, people are starting to reach out to them, they're starting to get noticed. The next step for a lot of those folks is to kind of build some sort of community. And whatever that looks like, right? And that could mean sure. different things. It could be as simple as, you know, hey, all past guests that are all awesome people, we get together once a month on a Zoom. That's a community, right? Or it could mean, hey, we're in a you know Slack group or a Discord group and we have regular events and we have sponsors and we have, you know, people that are bringing education and adding value. It could mean that we're in some sort of community app, um, you know, things like that. So a lot of podcasters are trying to really, uh, you know, figure out who are their listeners. Let's get all those people in one place. How do we add more value to them? And then, you know, a lot of people have different strategy with the podcast. Like, are they really leveraging it just ultimately to build the relationships? Or are they trying to, you know, get it to a level where they can start to charge for guests and sponsorships and, and, and other things like that as well? So it kind of depends on where they're trying to go with it. I, mean, I like everything I'm, I'm hearing. So I think, you know, you've got, you've got a business. There's no, no question. You've got a roughly 40 podcasts that you're running now. Is that right? Did I hear correctly? Yeah. So how do you scale to 4,000? That's a good question. So the, probably one thing stopping us from scaling faster is having the ability to run more boot camps. So, you know, the boot camp is pretty intensive. It's a two to three hour session. And mm-hmm. that's the same whether they're coming on to for us to manage a show or to get booked on shows. Because we take the booking on shows pretty seriously because, you know, we're building relationships with podcast hosts. And we've got to make sure that one, it's a good fit and right. that they're going to deliver a great message because the relationship with the host is extremely important to us. So there's a lot of work that goes in ahead of time before we send somebody on tour. So yeah, the boot camps I would say is probably our biggest bottleneck of growth is my co-founder Chris who's the creative genius, he's running those boot camps. And so he does, you know, the boot camps frequently and unless we get another Chris or figure out a way to optimize the boot camp process, um, you know, that's the one thing that's stopping us to, you know, just really, you know, rocket ship, you know, so uh, growth. Can you, can you can you remind me what the boot camp that's the onboarding part? Yeah. So most people, some people will come into our studio uh, in Irvine, California, or we do it virtually, right? So if we're going to launch a show, then there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. And some, for lack of a better word, podcast agencies typically drag that process out. It's a two, four, you know, week process, you know, to get your show launched. We do it in one day, two to three hour session. At the end of that, episode one is live. And you're on a weekly frequency after that. Now, we also do a boot camp if someone were to come to us and say they want to get booked on shows because we need to do a deep dive interview with them, understand them, you know, their successes, their failures, you know, topics that they love talking about, Mm -hmm. 
deep, dark things that might be interesting, uh, whatever they're willing to share to craft some topics and then be able to target the right shows. And our influencer product has been really successful because we spend that extra time really getting to know them and aligning them with proper shows and reaching out in a pretty meaningful way rather than just sending your typical PDF one pager, which every podcast host sees all the time and typically ignores. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. So we got to, we're, we're, we, we try to keep it punchy and short, but, uh, but I have another kind of sort of probing question because I, you, you wear your heart on your sleeve in a good way. I mean, in terms of saying like, here's who I am, here's where I came from, which is awesome. What does, what do all of your businesses kind of mean to you on that sort of deeper level? Like, are you, are you trying to hit the kids who are different or like you? Are you, are you, what's the, what's the big vision? I mean, and not just SalesCast, but all the companies, whatever companies are coming, whatever, if you start doing speaker trainer, coach, higher level consulting stuff, I'm sure you already do. What's the, what's the big goal? What's the, what's the end game? Ah, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. That's, that's a, uh... It's a good question. I don't know that I have the answer. I mean, for me, you know, I have a family now and, and that's kind of what really drives me and motivates me. But but honestly, I just have a lot of fun doing it. The podcast that I have is my way of giving back to the sales community. You know, we bring on awesome guests and we drop three episodes a week on my podcast, Sales Hustle, um, which is kind of my way of giving back because, you know, without sales, I would not be where I was at today. And I feel like sales was willing to take a chance on me. And there's so many organizations that don't get the sort of support that they need to do sales the right way. And for from more of a, a serving mindset and helping others than more of a like, it's all about me and my commission check, which are some of the things that I was taught early on and had to untrain myself from. So it's sort of my way of giving back to the sales community because I feel like without sales, I wouldn't have anything that I have today. But everything I do is, you know, mainly for, for my family. And I just, you know, love the, the people that are, you know, willing to start a podcast. You said, you know, early on, you said something about, you know, entrepreneurs are kind of, you know, crazy people or different people. Well, so are podcast hosts, right? They're pretty unique people. It's, it takes a lot of work, you know, to do a podcast and, and it's a big commitment. And it helps if you have a team like us, but then even then it's, it's still a lot. And it's a unique type of person that wants to do that and sticks with it. Right. So they're fun people to work with. So where where's the world going, do you think? I mean, I thought I'll I'll go big. So futuristically, where do you think the world's going? What's what's happening? Yeah, su- I'll keep it super simple. Everybody has their own podcast. <laughs> yep. There we go. I love that. Thank you for chatting with us. Where can folks find you? Really simple on any podcast platform, sales hustle. There we go. Sales hustle. And I love I love that you um you qualify that word hustle immediately. It's like sales hustle. You can get there and you're like, oh, I want the hustle. And it's like, yeah, 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 but chill. Take a deep breath. Yeah. It's all about life. It's about, you know, family, good things. Make a difference. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And get shit done. The, the course, poster don't and the coffee that. mug. <laughs> yeah, don't forget that. Yeah. So I, I want one of those posters. I think that's awesome. Um, it's a really cool company called Startup Vitamins. And they have all kinds of stuff like that. Nice. Love nice. And also the matching poster and mug is just a brilliant concept. I don't know why, but it is. Well, one thing's in front of you, one thing's behind you. You know, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Gosh, that went really quickly. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh-huh.
This has been such a wonderful conversation today. It was surprising, it was intriguing, it was interesting, and this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast, and we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our, our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com, and at the top you'll see a little button that says take the assessment. In one minute you can take the assessment and get a response from us, we'll read everyone. All right, take care, have a good life, and we'll see you on the next one.